Hallelujah. And since we've just been going back and doing this, the older thing, we're going to push, we're going to push away the new technology and we're going to go back to the old style. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 9. We're going to read in verses 23 and 24 as a text. Hallelujah. And uh, by, by some things that our elder talked about today, he mentioned, as Brother Travis mentioned, he covered some areas that uh, goes right along with the message that God gives us. I'm going to tell you, though, I've had... I've had I've had people get all over my sermons before. I've had people quote my scriptures. But last Sunday, when the substitute Bible class teacher got up here, he did a first. I have never had nobody get up here and quote the title of my message. Hallelujah. Brother Bobby got into some areas that that is linked to what we're going to be talking about today. Jeremiah 9, 23, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. It don't matter about your house and what, you, what you've accumulated and all these things down here on this present earth. Verse 24, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, <laughs> that I am the Lord, exercising love and kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, saith the Lord. Now, I want to go back, and I'm going to read this again. But I'm going to, I'm going to translate it just a little bit in our modern language. Back at verse 23. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man take pride in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man take pride in his might. That's We're replacing that word glory there with take pride because that is what Basically, in this particular sense, he's referring to. Let not the rich man take pride in his riches. But let him who takes pride take pride in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord Exercise in love and kindness, judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Let's pray. Mighty God, as we come to you today, we thank you for meeting with us in this auditorium. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that we've been able to rejoice and worship with you these last few moments. Now, Lord, I'm asking God that you will step in on the scene and take over my carnality, my flesh, my thinking, and use me as a, as a vessel. Let me be a glove that the hand of the Holy Spirit fits into to speak what you want us to hear today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. I want to speak to you on a subject titled, Who or What is the Source of Your Pride? Who or What 
is the source of your pride. Human beings tend to take pride in many things as we travel through the time span known as life. We take pride in personal accomplishments. We take pride in family. Parents take pride in their children. As Americans, we take pride in our nation, the nation that we live. Now, pride is one of those things which need to be harnessed and held in check, never allowed to escape our chain of reason and control. Pride is not necessarily 100% wrong. There are some areas and things that you can have pride in. But you've got to keep your pride, as I've said, harnessed. You've got to keep it in check. You've got to keep a chain around its neck and never let it go beyond your reason and control. Because it is from the seed of pride that evolved every sin against God, against nature, and against man. There never has been a sin, and there never will be a sin, that pride was not the seed and the root uh, root cause of it. It's the source. It was the source of the original sin. Lucifer was one of the brightest angels. The Scriptures talked about his beauty and compared his beauty as as precious stones and, and jewels. He had talent. He was created with music in his very being. He was an archangel who was over the angels that gave worship and praise in the heavenlies, eons, before planet earth was ever created. But pride snuck in his heart and in his being. And he started looking at his own self rather than looking at God. He looked at his beauty. He looked at his talents. He liked the fact that the billions and billions and billions of angels looked at him as he led heaven's worship. And he began to let pride form a thought. I will lift myself up higher than God's throne. That's why we need to keep pride in check and in control. Now in the text that I read today, God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah and showed him three major sources of pride for secular men. Wisdom, might, and riches. Those three things have always been a source of pride for secular humanity that has brought about a whole lot of of man's downfall. It is through and by these three things that mankind has exalted himself even above his Creator and caused him to think he is the designer of his own destiny. When you start thinking that you are making your own way in life, and you're laying out your own pathway, you've already messed up. You're not going to mess up. You've already messed up. You are not the designer of your destiny. I don't care how many of these people running around making billions of dollars in these uh, big uh, motivational speakers or stuff. You do not have control. 
control over your destiny. Man's destiny is in the control and the hands of God. We understand this when people begin to think they control their own destiny and they can plan out the outcome of their life by themselves now, apart from any consideration of the Almighty. This is the spirit of Nimrod who tried to make a name for himself and all those people who followed him in the years right after the flood. Do you know that Nimrod and the Tower of Babel is the beginning and the seed of every false doctrine that ever has been? Every false doctrine... Every false teaching can be traced back to Nimrod. It became known as the Nimrod spirit. Those who try to make a name for themselves. The tower of Nimrod and that he had control of there and was built, attempted to build, was doomed to fall because of what the Word says of misplaced pride. Before they got the foundation laid of that tower, it was doomed to fall because what the Word of God says about people's misplaced pride. Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I can name to you ministries today and at one time that was known worldwide and we can think about some ministries and people that have fallen in disgrace and brought down to nothing. But when you go back and you look at them prior to the years before their demise, they let a haughty spirit get a hold of them. Hallelujah. I believe, no, no. I don't want, I'm not not going to call, I'm not going to call no names today. But there have been some men, men known as men, generals of God, men who did, in fact, have the gift of healing beyond a shadow of a doubt, who started out right, but they ended up wrong. Because of pride. Years ago, back in the late 60s, my mother had a bad gum disease and she was real bad diabetic. And they were fixing to put her in the hospital. This side of her face and jaw swollen up. It looked like that my fist was on the inside of her mouth inside. I mean, it was just swollen up just like that. Just a big, huge knot. You think somebody had a giant tumor. We was watching the man's television program like we did weekly at that time. Watched him pray for a lot of people. And then as he normally would do back in those days, he says, now I'm going to stretch my hands toward the television screen. He says, and if you've got a need, if you need a healing, 
He said, you touch the place on your body that you need healing. Touch the other one on the screen. He says, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to believe that God's going to work a miracle. We was in my bedroom. My mother was sitting on the side of the bed, and I had a little old RCA black and white television that only had three channels to it. And on weekends when I didn't have to go to school, I was set up to midnight because one by one you'd watch all of those channels sign off at midnight. I touched, I had my mother's hand with this hand, and my other hand, I reached across, and my bedroom was not that big, so, and I touched the screen. That man began to pray. I felt, I've heard, I've heard Brother Travis talk about feeling the power of God. That was the first time that I've ever felt the power of God. Something came through this hand, went through my body, and the very second, the very moment that it went through and it, and it came through this hand that was holding on to my mother, my mother yelled out and fell out backwards on the bed. Scared me to death. I thought she done died. And I jumped over and I said, Mama, you all right? I hadn't started preaching in this. I said, this is good. This is good while. I might have been 10, 11 year old. And at that time she was coming to and, and I helped her set up off the bed. There was no knot. There was no swelling. It was gone instantly. He had a call of God on his life. But he let pride enter in. All these things that people take pride in, riches. He got off track when he went on those same TV stations a few years after that. And those TVs was not black and white. They were color then. And he shouted out all over the airways. I know I'm not calling on names, but I know a lot of you know who I'm talking about. He says, I have got only 30 days to raise $10 million or God told me he was going to kill me if I didn't raise $10 million. All I'm asking today is, folks, what is the source of your pride? What do you take pride in? What do you glory in? What, what is it? Pride goes before destruction and a Holy Spirit before fall. So Nimrod's kingdom and reign and tower fell because of his pride. But now, let's get back to the text that we find that God went on to say and what and who would be the source that our pride should be. He said the source of our pride is knowing and understanding Him. That should be the only source of your pride. That's what you ought to take pride in today is that you know God. Hallelujah. And that you're His child, that you're His son or you're His daughter. You should take more pride in that than anything else. Can somebody say amen? Let me start out by asking this. You say, what are you talking about? Let's break it down. Let me ask this other question. Do you know His name? Do you know his name? The first step in knowing anyone is to learn their name. You can't begin to have a meaningful relationship with anyone to whom you don't first know their name. Can somebody say amen to that? And likewise, to know God and take pride in that fact, you must know and understand his name. He said, you take pride in this, that you know and understand me. 
Proverbs, I'm, I'm going to go on because I, I, I got I to get, uh, uh, get moving on this. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 4. Listen to this. Who has ascended unto heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has bound the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? Do you know? Can you tell? Hallelujah. Do you know his name? Well, let me, let me just go on word right now, go on record. I, they normally record these things and they get it set up and it's put uh, on our website and the message is just preached. And I hope and pray this goes out. Hallelujah. Because I don't have no problem with this at all. If God, if God can protect an old African preacher from a bunch, amen, of Muslims in Africa, he can take care of his children over here, amen? What is the name of God? What is the what is name? What's his son name? Do you know it? Can you tell it? Do you understand it? But I'm going to go on record, and I want everybody to know that his name is not Allah, and his son name isn't Mohammed. Hallelujah. Allah never existed and Muhammad is dead. That Jesus is alive. And let me further add that Islam is not. Look at a neighbor and say, is not. You want me to tell you now what you said is, is not too? Islam is not a peaceful religion. Islam is a religion of death. And it's dooming millions of souls to hell. Exodus chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, This God of your fathers has sent me to you, they will say to me, What is his name? Now, what we're asking now, what we're dealing with, what is his name? We're talking about uh, what it is that we take pride in doing. We're asking the question, do we know his name? Who is it that holds the, the winds in his fist? Who created everything? Moses had a conversation with him at the burning bush. Hallelujah. And so Moses told <laughs> Here again, I told you, Brother Bobby's talking about this today. Brother Bobby mentioned about Moses going back on the backside of the desert. It was back on the backside of the desert where he found that burning bush. Moses asked God, says, well, if I go down there and say the God of our fathers has sent me to talk to you to tell let his people go, he said, they go. He says, and, and all the rest of them, even the Israelites, he says, when I, when I say, hey, you bunch of Jews down here, he says, God, the God of our fathers has sent me uh, to, to, to bring you all out. He says, they're going to ask me, what is his name? He, says, what, he said, what shall I say to them? Verse 14, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I wished I had time to really dig down in that right there. But let me say this about it. The mighty God and only creator of the universe revealed himself to Moses as I am. And I am means the self-existent one. 
There is only one I am. But later on, someone else came along who claimed that name, and those who heard it were ready to stone him for blasphemy. Moses heard a voice coming from a burning bush. And that voice says, I am. But a few years on down the road, here comes somebody else claiming to be I am. And he got the people so upset, he got the Jewish people so upset, they was ready to stone him. John chapter 8, verse 58 and 59, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I am. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and so passed by. Hallelujah. Who is he? What's his name? What's his son's name? If you can tell. Church, if you know God, then you're going to know his name and his son's name, which is in fact the same name. And if you don't know What's the importance of this, Brother Sammy? I tell you what's the importance of it is. If you don't know him and know his name, then you're going to, this book says you're going to die in your sins. John, stay in chapter 8, look at verse 24, the words of Jesus. Therefore I say unto you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe. Now, let me stop preaching and let me do a little, just a little teaching here. Now, with all the modern translations, all of them don't have a feature in them that the King James has. When there were forty, there were forty-seven scholars who got together and translated the Bible from what was called the Latin Vulgate into the language of English language, sixteen hundred eleven King James Corpus. There were forty-seven scholars. Uh, Put that back up there. I wasn't through with it. Now, when those scholars was translating, they felt like if there were some areas that they needed to add some things to point some things out. Some of those things was all right, but some of them, some of them clattered a little thing. But every time they added a word that wasn't in the original, they put that word they added in italics. Verse 24, Therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am... Now you see that word he? Do you, do you see it that, it, that it's, 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 it's printed different? It's in italics. If you've got a King James Version of the Bible and you look at it, you look that that word he is italicized. That means, that means that that word he was added when those 47 scholars translated into the King James Version. It was added. So what I'm telling you is that in the original it says, if you do not believe that I am... You will die in your sins. What's the importance of knowing his name? Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. The same mighty God, amen, that talked to Moses in the backside.
side of the desert, in that burning bush, hallelujah, is the same one that walked on the Sea of Galilee, hallelujah, glory to God, and got in the boat and cried out, peace be still. Those disciples says, what manner of man is this that even the winds obey him? Can I tell you? Ever since the winds were created, ain't nobody been able to control it. <laughs> Jesus, told Jesus told Nicodemus, the wind blows where it listens. Hallelujah. You don't have no control of which way the wind's going to blow. Hallelujah. Give it up. Don't try. Amen. Ever since God created, the winds have done their own thing. Blown every way. Amen. If they wanted to blow it when they wanted to blow it. But that night on the Sea of Galilee, hallelujah, when Jesus stepped in the boat and he cried out, peace be still, those winds says, hey, wait a minute here. I recognize that voice. Hallelujah. Well, it's been a long time ago, but that voice is my daddy. Hallelujah. I've got to listen to daddy. And they, those winds, so they can calm down. What sort of a man is he? He was God and he was man. Hallelujah. Mary was his mother. The Holy Ghost was his father. On his mother's side, Jesus got hungry. But on his father's side, he fed the multitudes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. On his mother's side, the Bible says he got weary and he got tired. But on his father's side, he said, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Somebody, can you tell me his name? Man, I, I hate being constricted by time. Let me move on from do you know his name to something just as important. And let me ask this question. Do you know his will? A lot of people who have been revealed his name don't take it any further than that. They don't, they don't get down to really understanding the will of God. Now, give, give me just a few minutes here and let me do some talking to you. The closer that you become acquainted with someone, you begin to know their heart, what makes them tick. In other words, what they're all about. Amen. The closer that you become acquainted with somebody, as you begin to learn them and know them more intimately, you've gone beyond the stage of knowing his name. I like Acts 2.38. But let me tell you something that might shock you. God called me for the present time to pastor this assembly. But all you who are in the body 
Those of you who have been serving the Lord, you know His name. You've been baptized in His name. You've been filled with His Spirit. Let me tell you something. God didn't call me to preach Acts 2.38 to you. You've got to get beyond the name. There's a whole lot of people in this world that you know their name, but you don't know anything about them. If I say President Obama right now, everybody in here recognizes that name. But although a lot of people think they know a lot about him, you, you don't know nothing about him. Amen. Amen. I know the name of the mayor of this city, but I don't know the man. I don't know anything about him. You understand what I'm saying? I've never met him. He's my top boss since I worked for Metro, but I've never met him. What I'm trying to tell you right now, God has been waiting a long time for some of you to get beyond knowing His name and start knowing Him. Knowing His heart. Knowing His mind. Knowing His will. Understanding what makes God tick. You see, when you begin to learn more about them, you become more intimate than them. You learn their habits, their dreams, their likes, and their dislikes. It is the same way with God. As you become more intimate with Him, you will learn His wants, His desires, and His passions. Some of you have been serving God for any length of time. You don't need pastor with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When something comes up and something that the devil tries to get you to do or go somewhere or to say or to do something, you don't need to pastor with you everywhere to wonder not where or not if it's God's will for you to do that, go there or wear that or do this or say that. If you, if you have been taking on his name and you become more intimate with him, you're going to begin to know the likes and the dislikes of your father. You're going to know what he desires of you and what he don't desire of you. You don't need me telling you everything all the time. If you do, you have not grown where you ought to grow in God. Those who don't know God, they don't know His will and what He is all about. But when you know Him, you will become one with His passion and His will. Okay. Maybe I got you wondering now. Maybe I got you, I don't know. I hope I got you sitting on the edge of your seat. What am I talking about? What, what is the will of God for those of us who have taken on His name, been filled with His Spirit? What is the desire? What, does it, what is it that makes God tick? What, is, what does God desire over anything else? Mark chapter 16 tells us, beginning at verse 14. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. I know there's one segment of a congregation going to like this. And that is the female gender and the wives. I believe you're going to like what I'm fixing to say. Let's go back now. Now, Jesus had done been resurrected. And he done appeared to some folks. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven. He went back to, they were, at, at that time, there was, there was just eleven disciples. Judas had done hung himself. Okay? As they sat at meat, or they sat and they was eating dinner, he upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart 
because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Let me ask a question. I've been asking questions all through the sermon. I hope I've answered some of them. Who was it? Who were? Who were? Who was he talking about? Who first saw him? It wasn't the disciples. Was not the first. The twelve. The eleven was not the first ones. It was the women. It was Mary Magdalene, the one who God had cast out seven demons out of her when she got saved. Salome. Some of the rest of them to give their names. They came to the grave to anoint the body of Jesus, and the stone was rolled away, and he was gone. Then he appeared to Mary and called her by name. And although at first she thought he was the gardener, when he called her name, she looked at him and said, Rabboni. And started to grab him to touch him. He says, touch me not. Went running back to where those big, and I just came out of the mighty man conference. Went back where all those mighty men were hid with the candles blown out, scared to death. We've seen him, we've seen the Lord. Let me tell you something, folks. When God tries to speak a word to you, don't just ignore him because it might be a woman or somebody else. Hallelujah. God down through time has used a lot of different individuals and creatures that we wouldn't think that God would use. Hello, somebody. And that's who, that's who they, he was talking about. When he appeared to the eleven, he began to really give them down the road because they didn't believe the women who told him, the master's arise, he's risen. They thought they were just a bunch of idle women, didn't know what they was talking about. Hello, somebody. Come on, let me tell you something. If And let, now let me talk to the men. If you as a, as a man... If you don't stand up and you don't do what you should do in God and take on what you should, should take on God, God will send a woman to take your place. He will. He'll send a child to take your place. Come on. Hallelujah. If God's got something to get out, if He's got a word to get out, He's going to use any vessel that makes their self available. does not call those who are mighty. He don't look out for those who are talented the most or who can speak the wellest. Hallelujah. Well, she just heard that, didn't you? We've been talking about Moses since Sunday school class. And guess what? Moses stuttered. Amen? He had a speech impediment. Did that hinder him from calling Moses? No. It didn't do it. Now let me get up here and finish this. We're talking about do you know his will. Let me finish reading the scriptures. We're in Mark chapter 16. First he, he, he put them down. He talked to them harsh about the hardness of heart because they didn't believe on those who had told him. Verse 15, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What are we talking about right now? We're talking about the will of God. The very heart of God. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs, look at somebody and say, these signs. Shall follow them that believe. 
In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That is the will of God. And if you who have been chosen, if you have been baptized in His name and filled with the Spirit, and you ain't doing that, you ain't in the will of God. Oh, it's tight, but it's right. You sitting around with a crutch. I don't know what God wants me to do. Read the book. Read the book. It tells you. You waiting for some kind of special manifestation or something. Hallelujah. But he's already given you his desire in the book. Souls are dying and going to hell while you waiting on some kind of goosebumps to run all over you. Just get busy. Get up off your seat and go out there. Amen to the mall. Walk up to the first person you meet. Stick out your hand and say, Hello, my name is Sammy Proda. My name is so-and-so, whatever your name is. Do you know Jesus? You know why? Y'all ain't doing that because these seats ain't all filled. Don't don't use the excuse we're going to wait till we get back home. Brother Bob told you a while ago. We're home with Jesus. And you're going to wait on inviting somebody to come to the house of God and experience the worship that we have here and the Word of God that goes on right here until we get back on our own, on our own property? They might be dead and burning in hell before we get back over there. Oh, I hate it when Brother Sammy talks like that. But what, 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 Lord, it's a trap in your mouth. The will, the heart of God is lost. All these other things that we do, we can take them all away. We can survive without them. We don't need a keyboard. We don't need an organ. We don't need a drummer. We don't need all these kind of programs. We don't know this. We don't need all these electronics and all these screens around here. All this, none of this stuff is the will of God. The will of God is for men and women to be saved. That's His will. He said, I am not willing that any should perish. Come on, somebody. I'm not willing that any should perish. That's God's will for you. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Some of you are using for a crutch. Well, I'm not an apostle. I'm not a disciple. I'm not a preacher. He didn't tell the preachers to do this. Who did he tell to do it? Let's go back. Put that scripture back up on the screen. I want, I want people to understand this. I want to see this. He said, go into all the world. Now, this is what he told the, the 11 that was right there, the, the, uh, the apostolic uh, body that was left behind to, to start the church and to organize the church. He says, you go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Then in verse 16, he says, he that believes and is baptized... The ones who believes and is baptized at the preaching of Acts 2 and 38. Let me see your hand if you follow me so far. I'm not going to move on until I make sure you understand that. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Okay, so it's he that believes from the preaching of Acts 2.38, you out there 
who have heard Acts 2.38 preached to you sometime in the past, some kind of way, and you believe that word and you obey that word, you become one of those who believe. Then in verse 17, And these signs shall follow these eleven apostles. These signs shall follow them that believe. There's going to be people who are sitting right here on the sound of my voice right now. When you get to heaven, you're going to say, Well, I thought Brother Sam was supposed to do all that stuff. I thought, I thought the elder is supposed to be, and Brother Sam, they're supposed to be, uh, doing those signs and praying for people and doing all that. Uh-uh. That, that's, that's, that's part of our ministry. That's part of the work. But these signs shall follow those who believe. Those who have heard the Acts 2.38 message and accepted it, have repented, been baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with the Holy Ghost, God expects signs to follow in your life. God help every apostolic preacher is not preaching it this way. Because this is what the book says. It says these signs shall follow them that believe. Not the apostles, not the prophets, not the evangelists, not the teachers. Them that believe. God didn't give you the Holy Ghost for you just to have a bunch of goosebumps and Sigma time to tie. If God didn't expect you to use the Holy Ghost, He would have never given it to you. If you're over there at the, at the publishing house and somebody falls down with a heart attack. You ain't supposed to be. Let me send that call. Let me call Pastor Drew here. And I'll get him to pray for this man. This man's going to sit down here. I've worked with this man for 10 years. Where, where Brother Drew? Where's the elder? Where's the brother at? Let me get it. Oh, I hope I got the name program here before. Now, fire. You got the Holy Ghost. And God said, if you believe it, my sign will follow you. If you lay hands on that man in Jesus' name, through the Holy Ghost you got, he will come out from there. I gotta quit. But I gotta say one final thing. I said something the other week. I said, you know, somebody might say, How come you keep getting on this? Why don't you talk about something else? Well, I wished that everybody would get it. Do you know, I'm not, Lord help me, help me Lord, I'm not being arrogant or condescending right here, but there are some things that God has revealed to me out of his book. A lot of it has to do with the end time today we're living in right now. But I haven't preached it because I don't feel in my spirit that people's not ready to receive it. Did not Jesus tell his disciples before the day of Pentecost? He says, there are many other things that I want to tell you, but you can't receive it now. 
And when I searched that out and I handled and, and, and I brought it out to what he was saying, Jesus told his disciples, this is before the Holy Ghost came along. This is before the church uh, uh, came about. Jesus says, there's many other things that I want to tell you, but I can't tell you now because you can't handle it. It goes back to being a babe in Christ, taking the milk of the Word, and growing to enough maturity that you can eat some meat. You do not feed a newborn baby a T-bone steak. Hallelujah. Amen. We have to we have to grow in him and we have to we we have to take in what God gives us and as we take that in and we apply it to our life, then we grow spiritually and God gives us more. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. That that is what I'm talking about right now. And getting into his will. These signs shall follow them that believe. I understand about the nine gifts. But the Bible says that there's one spirit that is the, uh, that ministers those gifts. And if you've got the Holy Ghost, Jesus has already said these signs will follow you if you believe. To finish what I was going to say, I've said this many times, but I still have people question me on it. What does it mean? When Jesus says, the works that I do, you shall do also, and greater works shall you do because I go back. I've got to deal with this again. Please, don't go looking for another answer. I'm going to give you the answer right here. When Jesus, going back to him being God and man, when Jesus was on this earth, as a man, remember I, I, did, some, I did some preaching a while ago, I talked about on his mother's side and on his father's side, you remember, you remember that? He was God and he was a man. Jesus as a man, the man Christ Jesus, could not be in Nazareth, and Cana at the same time. Jesus as a man, it was an impossibility. You hear what I'm saying? As a man, and he was just as much a man as he was God. He wasn't, he, he wasn't, he wasn't some kind of uh, 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 half man. He was fully man and he was fully God. And as a man, as I said, he hungered. But as God... He fed the multitudes. And as a man, he could not be at the same, in two different places at the same time. But he says, when he said greater works than thee, let me tell you something. Don't think you're ever going to do anything greater than raising Lazarus out of tomb. You'll be trying to do the rest of your days. That ain't going to happen. A man been in the grave four days is already decaying. He's stinking. And you want to you try to concoct in your carnal mind and this carnal thinking that you, God's going to allow us doing something greater. That ain't, People, they, they take that and, and misunderstand it like they misunderstand Matthew 28 19. You've got to understand what he's saying here. Jesus as a man could not be more than one place at any given time. He had to be in Jerusalem or he had to be in Galilee. He had to be in Nazareth or he had to be in Tiberias or some other place as a man. But he says, greater works than I do, you shall do also because I go back to the Father, I go back to the Spirit. When he went away and he baptized the believers, that 120 on the day of Pentecost, everybody got a measure of, 
of that Holy Ghost power. And the same power that made Jesus the man God lives in you right here, right now. So I can be down here. I can be down here in Nashville, Tennessee, laying my hands and praying for somebody, and they getting healed at the same time that you're in Mount Judah, Tennessee, laying hands on somebody and praying for them, and they getting healed there. Now, if Jesus was here in a body form, he couldn't do that. He had to be in Nashville or Mount Judah, one or the other. He could, as a man, I'm not talking about as God. That's what he was referring to. He's got believers all over this world filled with his spirit that he says these signs shall follow them. See, the word great, amen, it, 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 it means a magnification. It, it means more of, greater things all over, amen, in various places, amen, at the same time. Believers, amen, are doing the works of God, amen, where Jesus as a man was limited to time and space. But as God, he's not limited to time and space. And if you got the Holy Ghost, you've got him in you. The only thing we have to do is just do it. Look at your neighbor and say, just do it. Just do it. I've been preaching about what you got pride in. I'm going to tell you why some of us don't do it. Because I'm going to be honest with you. This has affected me. Sometimes pride keeps you from doing it. Years ago, as a teenager, we was in a meeting, and they pushed in somebody in a wheelchair who was paralyzed. I felt in my spirit the Lord telling me not to go lay hands and pray on them, but I felt like Sister Faye in my spirit to go to them in that little room where about, a 40, about 40 people were assembled around together. I felt in my spirit to go to that lady, take her by the hand and say, in Jesus' name, come out of there. But I didn't do it. You know why I didn't do it? Because the enemy was sitting on my shoulder and he was saying, Hey, if you do that and it don't work, you're going to look like a fool. Somebody hear me? Somebody hear me? And because I didn't obey that, that lady didn't get out of that wheelchair and it was a long time before before God would lead me to anybody else. Because if God tells you to do something and you quench the Spirit one time, He might not speak to you again. You hear what I'm saying? The work as it was in the days of Eli, brother, brother Bobby. What did it say that the, the Word of God was precious in those days? There was no open vision. Hallelujah. If God puts it on your heart to go and talk to somebody or to do something and you refuse it, the next time God might not lay it on your heart. He may use somebody else. Hallelujah. That's the reason why a lot of people don't do it. There's been some times, and I know there's other people in here, that God has led you and told you and you felt like doing something, and the devil whispering in your ear, what if it don't work? You're going to look silly. Hello? You're going to look crazy. Where is your pride? Think about it. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah.
Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your anointing. Forgive me, Lord, when I have misplaced my pride in the past. I confess unto you that I know there have been times in my life that I've been prideful. I've had misplaced pride. God, don't never let me put any pride and any kind of ability I might think I may have. Let my pride always be in you and in that I know you. And if you use me, if you use somebody else here, help us not to be prideful in ourselves. Because your word also said, and I didn't have time to get to it, Lord, that we shouldn't rejoice because we can speak to people demon-possessed and they're, they're delivered or, or, or we, we lay hands on people that are sick and they're healed. But we're supposed to rejoice and we're supposed to take pride that our names is written in the book of life. Help us as a church. Help us as a body to always honor you and to take pride in you. Does anybody need prayer for anything right now? If you need to talk to the Lord, I want to give this opportunity before we dismiss. I know we're past our time today.